Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the South braces for more storms after deadly tornadoes tear through two states. Dozens of homes torn to bits, a roof ripped off an apartment building, a trail of damage stretching hundreds of miles, and one woman's harrowing story of survival. I could hear the tree, hear things hitting the house, and the house was shaking the battle over voting rights angry protests after georgia enacts new voting restrictions critics call it 21st century jim crow plus why was this georgia representative arrested for knocking on the governor's door the race to vaccinate more states are expanding eligibility to all adults but there's a troubling spike in covid cases in nearly half the country Are we headed for a new surge? The Boulder investigation intensifies. Why investigators are removing every item in the store where 10 people were killed. Could the gunman face more charges? And a victim's daughter tells of her anguish. Stuck in place. Inside the effort to free a cargo ship the length of the Empire State Building, it's blocking one of the world's busiest shipping lanes. How long will it take to clear the waterway? Mysterious lights. What was it? A UFO? Meteors? We have the answer. And CBS's Steve Hartman is on the road. How a son made his mother's dream come true. Thanks to some Philly cheesesteaks. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. Nora is off tonight. I'm Margaret Brennan. We begin with a warning for tens of millions of storm-weary Americans in the South. Yet another round of severe weather could hit as soon as this weekend. 
But for many, the damage is already done. Nearly two dozen tornadoes left at least six people dead Thursday, including a family of three. The destruction was widespread. Rooms Roofs completely ripped off. Survivors' lives ripped apart in seconds. Alabama and Georgia were hardest hit, and now more powerful thunderstorms, hail, and tornadoes could strike as soon as tomorrow. There's also new reporting on the political storm in Georgia after the Republican governor signed a sweeping voting reform bill into law. Democrats say it will especially limit minority voters' access. Today, President Biden called the law an atrocity and said the Department of Justice will look at the new measures. Plus, the CDC director said today she's deeply concerned about a fourth surge in COVID cases. We have a lot to get to on a busy Friday night, and our team of correspondents is standing by. CBS's Omar Villafranca leads us off from the storm zone. Good evening, Omar. Good evening. The cleanup is underway here in Calhoun County after a tornado just ripped through this area. And let me show you what I'm talking about. These two piles are what's left of at least two homes. They're basically just rubble at this point. The National Weather Service says at least 12 storms were reported in just two states here in Alabama and in Georgia. This is noon in Georgia, where a reported EF2 tornado with winds up to 135 miles per hour left a path of destruction. The tornado smashed the local high school, then kept moving, ripping the tops off of homes and splintering trees. At least one person was killed. We're just praying and praying for safety and to protect us. Hours earlier, multiple tornadoes barreled through Alabama, ripping a gaping hole in the roof of this house. The storm killed at least five people in Calhoun County, east of Birmingham. Fallen trees kept Len Keener from driving back to his house after the storm, forcing him to walk through the damage to check on his wife. She survived, but his neighbor didn't make it. I got here, then that's when I found the older gentleman up underneath this half of a house down there, and I couldn't get it up off of him. The fire department finally got there and getting it off of him. A powerful EF3 tornado raked across South Shelby County, shredding homes in the Eagle Point neighborhood. Carol Tomlin woke up from a nap just in time to hide in her bathroom as a tornado touched down. I just got in the tub and put the pillows over my over my head and um, the blanket and just prayed. But I could hear the tree, hear things hitting the house, and the house was shaking. Despite the extensive damage, no one in the neighborhood was killed. We talked to the family members of a man who died on this property, and the son told me that the family was actually on the phone with his father when the storm hit. They did not find out he passed away until this morning. Margaret? Omar, thank you. Tonight, President Biden is condemning Georgia's brand new voting law, accusing Republicans there of trying to deny people the right to vote. Civil rights groups are already challenging it in court. Ed O'Keefe is in Atlanta. Outraged today in Atlanta over the state's new voting law. So we're taking our fight to the streets, we're taking it in the courtrooms, and we're taking it in our communities. The controversial bill, signed in private by Republican Governor Brian Kemp Thursday night, prompted this chaotic scene as a state representative who tried to get into the ceremony... Are you serious? No, you are not. ...was arrested and dragged from the Capitol. Significant reforms to our state elections were needed. But experts found no widespread election fraud in the state. 
The new law expands early voting days statewide, but also enacts stricter ID requirements on absentee ballots, reduces early voting for runoff elections, and makes it a crime to deliver food and drinks to people waiting in line to vote. Long lines are common in urban, predominantly black parts of the state. President Biden blasted the new law today and said the Justice Department is looking into it. It's an atrocity. You don't need anything else to know that this is nothing but punitive designed to keep people from voting. You can't provide water for people about to vote. Give me a break. Georgia's freshman Senator Raphael Warnock went further. This is Jim Crow redux in this in, in new clothes. But Republican State Senator Butch Miller said he still hears from constituents concerned about election results. We have a lack of confidence in the ballot box and the integrity of the ballot box, and we have to restore that. Would Republicans be doing this if Donald Trump had won in November? Let me look at my crystal ball. Late today, Governor Kemp responded to the president saying that he and the national news media are, quote, determined to destroy the sanctity and security of the ballot box. It's important to remember, Mr. Biden was the first Democratic presidential candidate to win this state since 1992. And the governor faces what many believe will be a tough re-election fight next year. Margaret. Ed O'Keefe, thank you. Tonight, the head of the CDC warns that the trajectory of COVID cases and hospitalizations in this country is moving in the wrong direction. We get more now from CBS's Carter Evans. Tonight, worries over another wave with COVID cases on the rise in nearly half the country as states reopen and students celebrate spring break. And we know from prior surges that if we don't control things now, there is a real potential for the epidemic curve to soar again. This comes as a new study at select college campuses will monitor vaccinated students and their close contacts. We'll be able to answer the very important question about whether vaccinated people get infected asymptomatically and if they do, do they transmit the infection to others? Rutgers University in New Jersey will now become the first known college to require students to be vaccinated before returning to campus in the fall. I think that's a great idea because we've had over the last year about half a million college students get infected and there's been about 100 deaths uh, linked to outbreaks on college campuses. More states are now expanding eligibility for the vaccine to all adults. The news that I think all of us have been waiting for, all Minnesotans age 16 and above will be eligible to receive their vaccines. 47 states and the District of Columbia say that'll happen by May 1st at the latest. Just three states, New York, Arkansas, and Wyoming, have yet to commit. And as the country waits for the pandemic to end, there are still hopeful moments to hold on to. 39-year-old Alfredo Hercules beat COVID after spending more than 70 days in a New York hospital, finally getting to hug his family. I haven't seen him in close to three months. Just happy and blessed to be home with my girls. Now, today they plan to vaccinate about 2,800 people at this location in Englewood, California. They're hoping to have enough vaccine next week to ramp up to their maximum capacity of 4,000 people. And they are going to need it because California is going to allow everyone 50 and older to get a shot starting on April 1st. Margaret. Carter Evans, thank you. 
Tonight, the investigation into the supermarket massacre in Boulder, Colorado, is intensifying. More than two dozen agencies are trying to retrace the gunman's steps before the shooting that left 10 people dead. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti has the latest. Tonight, 26 agencies, including the FBI, are retracing Ahmed Elisa's steps inside this King Supers Monday, removing every item from the shelves in search of bullet casings and any other evidence. Investigators are also building a timeline of Elisa's movements before the attack, including the legal purchase of an assault-style weapon at this shop six days earlier. Any indication as to why he chose this supermarket 30 miles away from where he lived? I, I really do wish I could tell you that. It'll be something haunting for, for all of us until we figure that out. Alisa appeared before a judge yesterday and was moved to a more secure correctional facility after receiving threats. Meanwhile, a digital forensics team is scouring his online activity for clues. Among the 10 dead was Kevin Mahoney. His daughter, Erica, shared this photo of him walking her down the aisle last year. This year, he was excited to welcome his first grandchild. This little baby girl is what's getting us through this time because like, I can feel her kick and every kick is telling me to be strong. Survivors are now receiving grief counseling and this supermarket has donated $1 million. A memorial service for the officer killed in the attack will be held on Tuesday, Margaret. Thank you very much. Jonathan Vigliotti in Boulder. There is quite a twist tonight in the Capitol riot investigation. Parler, a conservative social network, is now claiming it warned the FBI repeatedly that there could be trouble on January 6th. CBS's Catherine Herridge has more. Days before rioters pushed their way into the Capitol, Parler says it referred violent content to the FBI more than 50 times, including specific threats being planned. Some posts called for an armed force of 150,000 on January 6th to disrupt the Electoral College. Another read, this is the final stand, and I trust the American people will take back the USA with force, and many are ready to die. Another post claimed then-President Trump's rally was a call to cause chaos. You've read these social media posts. How would you characterize them? Inflammatory and concerning. Jeff James is a former Secret Service intelligence analyst. Several things. You look at do they have the means, do they have the opportunity, and do they have the will? And we're reading those posts. It looks like absolutely they had all three. Meanwhile, a judge released more members of the Oath Keepers militia pending trial. The group was seen in a stack formation breaching the Capitol. Last night, former President Trump defended the rioters. It was a zero threat. Right from the start, it was zero threat. But over 100 rioters have been charged with assaulting federal officers or local police. On the warnings from Parler, the FBI had no immediate comments. Some of those charged say they were following President Trump's orders that day. Homeland Security says it will now devote more intelligence resources to tracking violent chatter from those inside the U.S. Margaret? Catherine Harridge at the Capitol. Thank you. Tonight, the U.S. Navy is preparing to send a team of experts to Egypt to help free that giant cargo ship blocking the Suez Canal. It's costing shippers an estimated $400 million every hour it's stuck, and it could lead to shortages of oil, coffee, and toilet paper. Here's CBS's Elizabeth Palmer. Day four. 
And the Ever Given remains a monster obstacle. A ship as long as the Empire State Building is tall. Satellite images show it wedged across one of the world's most vital shipping channels. Its owners say blown sideways by the wind. Salvage experts have been working round the clock to free it. They'll have to dig out as much as 3,000 tons of sand. Truly a David and Goliath challenge. Giora Kadar is a marine insurance underwriter in Tel Aviv. Such a thing like this could take a week. Meanwhile, traffic is stacking up. You mean how many boats? Yeah. Here they are, visible on a tracking app. Each dot, it's, it's a boat. All those ships are waiting to cross the canal. 200 of them and counting, carrying at least 10% of the world's trade, everything from diapers to coffee and oil. Already the evergreen accident has pushed oil prices up 2%. In a sign this isn't going to be solved quickly, the owners of the Ever Given have told its sister ship to avoid Suez and take the alternative route thousands of miles around the continent of Africa, betting that's going to be faster. Margaret? Liz Palmer. Thanks. We learned today that beloved children's author Beverly Cleary has died. She published more than 40 books featuring memorable characters, including Henry Huggins, Ralph S. Mouse, and Ramona Quimby. Her books inspired a new era of children's fiction dealing with real issues in young readers' lives. She was 104 years old. Some welcome news tonight from the IRS. If you bought personal protective equipment last year, like a face mask, hand sanitizer, or wipes, you may be able to deduct the cost as a medical expense. But one pretty big caveat, you only qualify if your total medical expenses exceeded 7.5% of your 2020 income. Bright lights lit up the sky over the Pacific Northwest on Thursday night. The National Weather Service says it was likely burning space junk from a SpaceX rocket that broke up while re-entering the Earth's atmosphere. No injuries or damage are reported. Tonight, CBS's Steve Hartman uncovers a pyramid scheme in which everyone's a winner. Here's tonight's On the Road. By his own admission... Dustin Vitale is a mama's boy. Mom, you ready? He cooks her breakfast every morning. That's my baby. And thanks her for the privilege. Thank you, Mom. (laughs) And because Dustin has such devotion. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) When Gloria was diagnosed with terminal bladder cancer last year, he decided he would try to take her on one last trip. The trip she always dreamed of to see the pyramids in Egypt with the whole family. 14 people. Never mind that Dustin works as a middle school teacher in Philadelphia and could never afford the $10,000 to fly everyone. He thought he could raise the cheddar by selling cheesesteaks. You don't own a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I got a kitchen, though. There was no way you were going to make enough money selling cheesesteaks out of your house. Yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. So given that, what was pushing you forward? Just just my mom. You know, just the love for my mom. And so, with his love and her recipe, Dustin started making sandwiches. Sandwiches so big, no container could contain. He peddled them to friends and family. Thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate your support. But those people must have told their friends and family, too. Because almost immediately, cars started double parking outside his house. Faces he didn't recognize started showing up at the door. Yep. Get your mom to Egypt. I'm trying, man. Next... 
Word spread on social media. Oh, my God. And before he knew it, folks were lined up down the block. A food truck operator offered his services. And in just six weeks, Dustin raised all the money he needed and then some. $18,000. If she would actually go to the moon, I would have made that happen as well. So, <laughs> The trip is planned for later this year. Gloria says Cleopatra never had it so good. The love is overwhelming, you know? She's probably mentally as healthy as she's ever been in her whole life. Amazing. The healing power of a loving child. Steve Hartman, CBS News, on the road. Sunday on Face the Nation, my guests include Dr. Anthony Fauci, Democratic Congressman Henry Cuellar, and Republican Congresswoman-elect Julia Letlow. And don't miss the 52nd NAACP Image Awards on BET and CBS tomorrow at 8, 7 central. If you can't watch the evening news live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. And that's tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. For Nora O'Donnell, I'm Margaret Brennan. I'll see you Sunday on Face the Nation. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Farian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.